0: Welcome to the Everyday Mission Podcast, a place to resource you in your mission and ministry, enabling you to thrive so that the church might be transformed.
1: We are your hosts, Joe Yair and Adam Sanders join us as we unpack different topics in conversation with each other and with special guests.
0: Well, Joe, today we're going to have a conversation, just the two of us, no guests today, um, but it is a yeah, really interesting topic. We're going to talk about small groups uh, in kind of the church context, obviously. So. Uh, we're going to go through various different things, I think, but just to, to start us off, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, people will be even more passionate about small groups. Um, is it a passion of yours?
1: It is, Adam. I love my small group, and uh, I've been in lots of them over the years, and they've all been called different things, from house group, Bible study, the one I'm in mm. at the moment is, is my connect group. And yeah, I absolutely love it. And in some ways, and I don't know if this is like the right thing to say or not, but in some ways I enjoy going to it more than church quite Mm. often, depending on what mood I'm in. But um, it's just so much more intimate. I get Mm. so much more out of it. And
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what what other names have we got? Cell groups, life groups? Yeah. Bible study groups, prayer groups, I suppose it would all... Yeah, they all might have a slightly different slant, but the the essentials are there, I suppose, aren't they?
1: Yeah, the list goes on, doesn't it? And, um, and I think for me, the ones that I've always been in have always met in people's homes. Mm. And that's been really, really important. Um, and none of them have been led by an ordained person mm. um or actually a paid member of staff full stop they've also always been facilitated by volunteers which has been really lovely because I think there's something quite leveling about that when mm. you're going into somebody's house um and you're being welcomed in and they're hosting you for the night and you know either them or somebody else is is facilitating a discussion but there's something very um as I say, very leveling about it, and everybody has an opportunity at mm. house groups. I think.
0: Mm, yeah, and I'd probably go even further than that. Actually, than say it's not just that people have an opportunity, but they are almost, they almost have to contribute. And that yes. sounds like a. It sounds like it's a forced thing, but actually, it's a really positive thing because, by and large, people want to contribute to things, but they, but they might actually, you know in other settings they may not have the confidence to say something, to give their opinion, to share something of themselves. But in that small group context, it's almost like there is an expectation that everyone will participate.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, yeah, because they are so relational. Um, There is that kind of have-a-go mentality, isn't there? And obviously you, you do need to choose your facilitator, carefully so that they aren't um, you know quite domineering and and take up a lot of the conversation but on the whole I think house groups are really good at at allowing people that space to speak um, or equally not speak if you're just not in a good place that week when you're meeting.
0: Absolutely yeah so let's just talk definitions briefly what do we mean by a small group so we've kind of hinted at it I mean do you think there's a kind of what what size are we talking here what classifies as a small group I mean you've mentioned meeting in somebody's home in that sort of intimate environment but is there a certain size do you think that that we're talking about here or particular size that works better
1: I mean I would love to say the bigger the better but my lounge isn't that big Adam so (laughs) you know I think you obviously do want it to be a really nice you know, a nice, welcoming, warm space for people where they can sit comfortably and relax and, uh, you know, have space to pray and chat. So I suppose you're probably talking around six people, maybe 12 maximum. But obviously, mm. as I say, it really depends on on your, your space and your, your lounge space. But I guess six to 12 is probably ideal, really, to build up those relationships.
0: Yeah. I think even if someone does have a massive lounge, I wonder whether 12 is a good limit anyway, because it. let's say you had 20 people, even if they could be comfortably housed, actually it would change the dynamic, wouldn't it? And, and I, I guess there wouldn't be that sense of everyone in it together in the same way. People could be a bit more anonymous, which um you can be in church I suppose you can be anonymous can't you but it's harder to be anonymous in a small group particularly if it's a maximum of 12 people
1: definitely I was just thinking when you said that it does sound like it becomes a small church doesn't it if you go over that number um and you're right people then will fit into different roles um as they perhaps do in church whereas yeah if everybody's in a small group and they're meeting regularly you know who's to say somebody won't just go and make the drinks it doesn't have to be the host mm. or hostess doing it um you know you can just go and muck in whereas if mm. it, it was any bigger then you may not feel comfortable to do that and it's all about connection isn't it that's, mm. i think that's one of the big things with small groups it's connecting with each other as well as connecting with god
0: yeah um, connection
1: yeah and as you say you might get lost in a bigger
0: group Mm, yeah excellent so we think primarily in people's homes six to 12 people in size would be would be about right and what will be the other distinctives in terms of a um a christian church-based small group i suppose what 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 for you are the other the the non-negotiables in terms of what what's done i suppose in the group the content if you like
1: yeah i mean i think absolutely prayer um for me, it needs to be a place where, you know, you can pray for each other and pray really honestly for each mm. other, not just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with them. Please don't think there is, but just a generic prayer out of a book, a real, you know, soul search. What's going on with you this week? What can we pray for? And in, and having a resp- a, a, an honest response to that. Um, so I think there is there is um, something around the space being a private space Mm. where you can comfortably share and know that things aren't going to go out of those four walls, Mm. unless obviously there is a safeguarded need, we have to say that, don't we? Um, But just knowing that that is a really trustworthy group of people that you can share with and can ask them to pray for you about the real honest things that that are going on in your life, I think that's a non-negotiable for me, actually. Mm. Mm. Um, At the house group that I'm in at the moment, the connect group that I'm in, we we do do bible study each time we meet mm-hmm. um which i know some that i've been in in the past have been more social mm-hmm. and we've maybe chatted way too much and then we've almost run out of time to do god mm-hmm. and we'll just have a quick prayer at the end but um i think it's good to have some sort of structure so that you can you know get to grips with whatever you're studying at the time or whatever was talked about at church on sunday um or what might be going on in the world you know if there's a big event that's struck and you need to just look at where God is in it. Mm. Um, So I think definitely having that structured space, but with time to get to know each other and build relationships as well is really important.
0: Mm. So you you kind of got prayer and the sharing, which are are kind kind of intertwined in a sense, aren't they, in the way that you're sort of setting out, I suppose. And then, um, yeah, perhaps some sort of more structured content bible study maybe some some input in some way i know in 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 the small group that i'm in we yeah we we do we have quite a structured sharing time actually i mean it suits the group we're in but we kind of go Mm. around each person they've got an opportunity to just say how things are for them at the moment identify any kind of prayer requests and that type of thing and Mm. then we we pray together at the end um but we also yeah we have a bible study slot we also um each week, someone suggests a musical item to share with the others. And we were like, we watch, it's on Zoom at the moment. We watch a YouTube video of, you know, the song that's been, that somebody has, has resonated for somebody that week and they share why it has and, you know, kind of how that's connected with where they're at. So that's quite a nice, again, connection, like you're saying. Yeah. Those those relationships. Um, but we ha- yeah, we have the Bible study as well. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because in those settings the conversation tends to take a particular uh, sort of path doesn't it whatever it seems like whatever bible passage you read the conversation inevitably goes to where people are at and where they're at with God yes and 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 I think that's okay you know you kind of start with scripture but then it really goes to where people are at and that's why it's helpful I think
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think it's... I find it a fine line when it comes to um, house groups to to have that social aspect of it, but also to have um, the structure because, you know, we're all so busy, aren't we? And when we're going out once a week to a house group or once a fortnight, however often, you kind of almost want to feel like you've got some value from it. Mm. And, um, you know, it's worth your time to go. Mm, mm. And... Um, And that's obviously worth both ways in that we can't just sit there and be quiet and never speak because we do need to participate and contribute so that, you know, we are well and truly part of that group. But Mm. I think we do need to go knowing that it isn't just a social thing, because if it is, we could have just gone to the pub, let's face it, Mm. with our mates. So but then do we want to go something that's so structured and strict that actually we don't have that opportunity to form those relationships with each other and to really you know, just explore what's under the surface and what's going on in our lives. So I think it's a balance to get mm. it right, actually. And I think the facilitators, whoever that is, are, you know, they do need to be quite skilled and aware of that. But of course, they may not want to do that every time. They might want to have a break themselves and mm. lots of things to consider, I think, Adam.
0: Yeah, I, I like... The way you're sort of describing that role as facilitator rather than than leader, because that that is the appropriate way of describing it, isn't it? Because it's yeah. about bringing stuff out of the other people in a way. Yeah. I mean, in in our group, we we actually we, we every so often we review what we're doing and you know do we want to change the structure or make it a bit more formal or informal or whatever. And actually, <clears throat> most people are happy with a fairly informal structure, even with the Bible study. So we just mm-hmm. we read the passage. And then we have a chat about it, you know, and we rate, you know, we'll go through and be like, okay, anything stand out for anybody? Anybody got any questions they want to talk about together? And, you know, we all have little strands of knowledge that we sort of will put in and people will learn some stuff, but then we'll also hear often, it will raise something, a particular thing that people are thinking about at that time or Mm -hmm. wrestling with or whatever. And it kind of comes out from it. But yeah, you're right with the, facilitator. And that doesn't have to be the same person every time, like you say. No. Nice to have. um Well, and, and if you've got one person, who's the next person who, you know, when the group grows and multiplies, you know, who's going to lead the second group or the third group or whatever. Yeah.
1: Um, it's a great breeding ground, isn't it, for um, having a go, mm. I think. Let's have a go at praying out loud. Because mm. we don't have that opportunity quite often in our churches just to spontaneously pray out loud for somebody. Mm. Um, or if we do, actually, it might be just too cringy and embarrassing to give it a go. <laughs> but in that safe, small environment, actually, it's a fantastic place for us just to practice, mm. you know, practice facilitation, practice praying for each other. Mm. Um You know, just practice just being honest about where you're at with God at the moment Mm, because we're mm. all quite good at putting on a a smile, I think, and looking like these super uber Christians who have it all sorted, but, of (laughs) course, none of us do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I think they are a great great little breeding ground for, you know, the next generation of of leaders and to, you know, just look at where God's calling you to.
0: Mm. And, of course, there's so many you know, little tips and tricks aren't there for facilitators to help, you know, kind of baby steps with those sort of things and encouraging, you know, rather than, you know, people having to pray out loud for long periods of time, they just start with naming things or, you know, short phrases and sentences and whatever, and just being comfortable speaking, speaking anything into a a space of prayer. And then it, it goes from there, doesn't it? And you can just take those those baby steps in a sense and a small group is a very good and safe environment to do that
1: yeah definitely I think yeah absolutely I think I think they've just been so important for me over the years and the one that I'm in at the moment I joined probably about a year before lockdown and we obviously couldn't meet in church but we upped our time that we met as connect group we went from once a fortnight to once a week and it was on zoom but it was absolutely it was a saving grace for me sometimes it was Mm. you know it was that time that I knew that once a week I would meet my church friends and we would be able to speak honestly pray together talk about the service that we'd watched online and you know not necessarily being able to participate in in the same way as you would an in-person service so it it kind of took us to another depth Mm. that in a way that we could participate in that service albeit a few days later. Um, so, yeah, it brought out a lot of layers, I think, when I started to meet online with that group. And now we're back in person, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, great. Just um, dipping back, interesting to hear your experience there and um, perhaps we'll draw on our experience as we're going through. One of the groups that I led when I was working for a, a, a church a number of years ago now, part of my job description was to start a, a young adults house group. Uh, which I did as part of the job, and we, you know, we met every week on a Sunday on a Sunday night. But it's interesting to kind of raise the question, I suppose, of is it good to have uh, to group people together in small groups around, you know, a particular kind of um, life experience, if you like? So, you know, or, or is it better to have the diversity within a group? You know, do you have young and old? Um, you know do you have people who are students or uh, young adults or maybe there's another shared experience of um, children leaving home or you know or just newly retired or do you know what I mean is that a good way to work or is it better to have people from a broader range of experiences do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah that's a really interesting question I mean I suppose my instant answer would be it would be nice to have a mixed age range um, and gender. Um, but thinking about it, I think I've only ever been in house groups that have pretty much all been either the same kind of age range or we've all been there with a common purpose. Like like we used to host one at my house that was for the um, youth leadership mm. team. And we used to meet every week for planning and an actual house quick Bible study in prayer. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I've actually ever been in a diverse group, Adam, that That's you're so describing. How about you? Have you?
0: Well, you know, so I started that group, which was specific age bracket, I suppose. Um, and I, I was in that age bracket at the time. Um, the group I'm in at the moment actually is very mixed, interestingly. So there's uh, three three of us who've got kind of young children um, there's one, um, lady who's a little bit older and, and doesn't have any children, um, lives by herself. And then there's another lady who's a bit older again, <laughs> lives by herself. And then there's quite an elderly lady as well. Um, you know, so we've got, you know, th- yeah. And, and that's, there's a couple of others as well, but there, it is actually a proper mix yeah. and actually that is a real strength of this particular group mm-hmm. i think now it, it does mean that i guess we're lucky that the group has formed and it's got its identity but it cuz it is easier to form a group around a particular identity you know if yes. you can say look this is a group for students students will be like oh i'm a student i'll join that you know it's it's much easier and it, and i think particularly one of the reasons i was asked to do the young adults house group in the in, in that job that I was in, was that, that it was in an underrepresented, um, an underrepresented age bracket within that particular church. So it was like somebody acknowledged we need to give some focus to yeah. that area. And so it worked in that sense. And And actually, perhaps it would have been harder to have reached a critical mass of of young adults you know in that age group had we not done that focus do you see what I mean yeah absolutely but but actually what I'm now experiencing and maybe it's a time of life thing that I'm appreciating the the spectrum and the diversity so but but it is probably harder to get it off the ground so there's you know pros and cons I suppose in that sense
1: yeah it's a really good question though isn't it about what works best and I suppose you can I suppose You have to start somewhere, don't you? Yeah. So if you have got a core group that's, like you were saying, a young person's group, then that might be an obvious place just to get something off the ground. And then you could take it from there as to seeing, you know, how you would put other people into different connect groups or maybe as you said earlier you know grow that one and then split it start a new one and what would that look like Mm. um but different models yeah go for it
0: So you've talked a lot about um, connection, relationship, building those those deep connections, relationships with with one another. And I think probably the other reason why people go to small groups in in Christian ministry is around the way that it helps with kind of what we might call spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. um, a deepening of faith, you know, whatever kind of language we might want to put around that but we know don't we from from research and whatever that that and and i think from personal experience it is a really helpful environment to be able to i suppose ask questions and um but how does that how's that been in your experience has it been a place where you feel you've grown deeper in your faith
1: yeah i think again it's been a mixed bag i think i've been in some house groups where i really haven't felt that i could ask questions purely because they've been I think just because of the, the dynamic of the group, if I'm honest, um, and it just wasn't a comfortable place for me to speak up. But also, I think probably because I was very new to being a Christian and I didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home. Um, my mum would call herself Church of England and she would go to, to Midnight Communion on Christmas Eve and that was it. Um, so I didn't have that influence. So everything was new to me. Mm. And so to be able to speak up and break into a conversation, I found quite difficult. And, um, so I think, yeah, I think I've had good experiences and bad experiences. I think now that I am obviously more used to speaking about my faith, I'm um, very definite about what I believe. Um, I know that I am in a, a relationship with, jesus i do have that confidence to speak up now but also i guess the the wisdom to shut up as well
0: mm,
1: and mm. to let other people speak and i suppose maybe that comes with age i don't know but i'm um, being a bit further down the, the track i'm not sure um but yeah i think it's a really yeah it's a great place to to learn, And, you know, we, we ban this around a lot, don't we, about being disciples and discipling others. Mm. And actually, I think house groups, connect groups, whatever we call in them, are a great place for us to disciple others. And they can be people who maybe are newer to faith than us or are still looking for their faith. They might not have worked it out yet. Um, but also with our peers, um, I think in the group that I'm in at the moment, we're all pretty... You know, we've all been Christians for various years and some longer than others, but we're all at a certain place, I think. And that gives us a really good kind of peer discipleship. So mm. we do push each other on what we, you know, we really drill down into stuff and mm. question each other. Well, what do you actually mean? I don't get it. Mm. Like, I don't get mm. what you're saying. So we really push each other on, you know, what and what we're, we're saying about the Bible and, um, and how God's speaking to us, but also we do call each other out on stuff. And, Mm. you know, if, if I don't know, somebody's going down a path that they shouldn't or they're even just like swearing too much or something, then, you know, people will call you out on it in our group and in a very kind, loving way, of course. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's that sort of peer discipleship that I think, Mm. I really relish from that because I don't think I get that from anywhere else. If mm. I'm honest, it's
0: interesting, yeah. It's a funny thing thinking about that sort of growth thing because it can be, it, it's it's a kind of gro- growing in in what way and into what you know is a really mm. interesting question. And the way I like to think about it is that um, our life experience is always changing, and our faith will will kind of in a well when we have those significant moments where we make a commitment or something fundamental changes for us or we, you know, we we have a moment, um, it's kind of like our faith and our life experience for a moment kind of, they, they might work together. Mm. But then as, our lo- as we experience new things, our lives change. If our faith doesn't sort of grow and evolve with that, then it's be- going to become increasingly less resonant to where we're at. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And so, actually, in the context of a small group, it can it, I, I I would hope that faith could evolve to with alongside the evolving of our life. Do you see what I mean? Yes. And um, because, you know, sometimes we we come across people and we sort of see. Actually, yeah, you, you had your faith was so resonant for you thirty years ago, but actually, your whole life has changed and your faith hasn't. And actually now it's seeming very irrelevant it's not very relevant anymore yeah. so i think that's that's really interesting i mean there's yeah there's been lots of of research done i think we, we'd be good to bring in some kind of some books and and resources and stuff like that just to to help people negotiate um some of these some of these things um, and one of the ones i'm aware of from recent times and this is a some research done within Methodism is is Roger Walton's book Disciples Together Mm. and um he did he he was really looking at this question of how do people grow in in their faith and um and obviously small groups were a big part of that research because that's kind of where we where we often go and he talked about these different sort of um energies I think he called it so there was this sort of educational thing where it's a sort of a learning isn't there as we read scripture and hear from others and there's that element which we get in church of course you yeah. know from the sermon um uh, but then there's other energies as well there's around the relational aspect that you've talked about but then there's also he talks about this missional energy so he says and that's the bit that if you've just got small groups mm-hmm. you may not have that and some small groups do they sort of say well let's meet in someone's house for three weeks, but then on the fourth week we meet out somewhere and we do some something missional. We you know, maybe we'll go and you know do a bit of street pastoring or do a litter pick or try and strike up conversations with people or do you know what I mean? There's some outward yes. thing. Because he says that all of those things need to be present yeah. for that sort of growth to take place. So yes, small groups are a crucial part, but it's part of a larger picture as well, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it would be quite easy, wouldn't it, to be very inward looking with a small group if you were, you know, if you didn't have that attachment to a church or you didn't have that mentality to be intentionally looking at your community and serving, I think, yeah, that would be potentially a problem, wouldn't it? That you wouldn't just become quite an insular group and quite isolated actually
0: yeah absolutely I mean it's interesting sort of picking up a few bits as we go along here that are kind of maybe some of the dangers I mean yeah you've mentioned about having I suppose it was about having a group where there wasn't that clarity around it being a safe space and not feeling comfortable to be able to share openly I mean that is a danger yes so you know that's kind of one thing then there's maybe that sort of insular focus where it, if it if it is just about oh me and my friends you know it, it that there, there's a danger there isn't there um and i suppose that's maybe connected with the other big issue i suppose which is around becoming a bit of a clique you know and yeah. and we've all seen that haven't we
1: oh absolutely and i think um and a, a becoming a bit of an echo chamber as well particularly if you know if you do handpick who's going to be in your group as you say it can be quite cliquey but also is everybody going to have the same opinion as you? And mm. if they do, that's not necessarily always a good thing, especially if we are trying to, you know, drill down into the Bible and, um, you know, how we feel about stuff, what does God say about stuff, what is actually in scripture, then, you know, we do want different voices in that. And, mm. and I think, Adam, looking at actually what material you're using as well is very important in that because... You know, that, as we know, you can Google and get so many resources for small groups mm. to use, but actually, are they biblical? Mm. You'd like to think that they were, but you need to just check out what you're using mm. because some stuff might not be actually the route that you want to go down. Mm. So, mm. you know, just do your research, I think. Um, you've talked about Roger Walton's... Mm. Um, resource and um, Andrew Roberts mm. with Holy Habits mm. he's done some work on small groups mm. um, I know I've used uh, Matt Summerfield's book He's he was one of the um, directors of Urban Saints up until mm. a year or two ago that's been really good to use with um, a fledgling group actually of very young Christians mm. very kind of basic Christianity um, mm breaking down the nuts and bolts of the Trinity and things like that. Um, yeah, nice healing. basic stuff
0: like that, you know. Nice basic <laughs> stuff
1: like the Trinity. <laughs> but, you know, words things that we band around yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time yeah, and yeah. just assume that people know. Um, so, yeah, so I've used that resource before, which has been fantastic. Mm. Um, Methodist way of life, Adam, would you? Yeah,
0: well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because... In some ways, I'm not sure whether that would be a resource to use, but it clearly, um, if you're committing to a Methodist way of life as mm-hmm. it's defined, you know, meeting as a small group alongside others would hit so many of the points on it, you yes. know, I mean, it just, just shows how, how helpful it can be, I suppose, in that format. Um, but as we're on Methodist stuff, maybe we'll talk about the Methodist class system, which. Oh, you know... come
1: on, tell us all about it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, people just. It comes up all the time. I hear, you know, um people often actually saying how sad they are that it's sort of fallen away because it was like the gift of Methodism. Yes. Having everyone, in a sense, who was part of the church organized into what is essentially what we would call small groups today. But um, I pulled out some of the questions which. Um, uh, would have got asked in, in the you know when the classes would meet okay. back in the day and um, I mean people this was I think there's a, a bit of debate around what the questions exactly were and I suppose there was probably a section but just to give you a flavour here you go Joe um, so the first question which was to ask all the people um are you a slave to dress friends work or habits?
1: Wow <laughs> so, I'd probably say all of the above <laughs> which probably isn't the best answer to give but yeah that's a good question.
0: Am I self-conscious, self-pitying or self-justifying? <laughs> oh my word yeah maybe I'll answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did the Bible live in me today? Oh gosh. You know I mean it's, it's serious stuff isn't it? It's, and it's really you know, serious. I mean, it's heavy. It's direct, you know, and I suppose I'm I'm really interested in what does what does that kind of and, and you know, if people didn't attend the part of the lead, the leader would be on to them. You know, yeah. why weren't you there? Is everything OK? Are you coming to church on Sunday? You know, um, they would be on them. So it's I've got an interesting question as to what does that look like today? You know, what's yeah. an updated version because yeah these i mean what do i pray about the money i spend i mean maybe we would want to have that one
1: i'd probably today. pray if i spent too much <laughs> and, yeah. and there wasn't any left um
0: so yeah. but i mean you know it was a different context and you know the uh, the sort of folk who were getting involved in methodist church is probably different to today and all those sorts of things but yeah. i'm interested in what what do those what's a modern form of those questions you know where are you at with god you know What does your spiritual kind of journey look like at the moment? Not in an accusatory way, but just in a let's have that conversation.
1: They're real heart questions, aren't they? It's that how's your heart, Mm. how's your soul, Uh, yeah, and and they're very, they're very, um, they're making you very accountable to living out your faith. I I think it 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 just draws me back to what you said earlier about um, you know not just not just going to house group or church and then not doing mission. It's that whole holistic being a Christian in every single part of your life. And I think the, these questions are really, they're those heart questions, aren't they, of, of where are you at? And then if you're not on track or you're not coming along, it's that pastoral side, as you say, you know, that the leader would chase you up and find out where you were. And if you were okay, it's that, it is the... um it's very, it's caring and nurturing, but in a direct way, mm. I think. It's that accountability that we need because it's easy just to bluff our way through and put on a, a brave face and a smile mm. and say everything's okay when quite often it
0: isn't. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. So the last resource I was going to um, put forward, which I think uh, goes some way to try and address the clique issue, okay. and this is more on the sort of structural level of of small groups and this is in a book called activate an entirely new approach to small groups and it was i think it came out of the um sort of vineyard church movement but basically um it says in this book that the best thing to do is to form small groups but then disband and reform them every every term so each group would only last for you know um 10 12 weeks now and and you know people instantly are like oh well, you know you can't <laughs> can't do that because you people get in a group and then it you know by the time they've got used to it it's yeah. you know been closed and reformed but the point of it is that there is a new entry point every term so there's an open invitation to anyone any new person or anybody in the church um, to say well why don't you give this group a go and it also opens the possibility that people might do something different for one term, so maybe they would join a group which had a bit more of a missional focus. For example, they might you know be getting out and about a bit more, but then yeah. other times they might then join a fairly a more say bog standard Bible study style group, should we say? um But the point, in, and it might be that the same leader continues to lead the same sort of group each time, and mm-hmm. they have roughly the same makeup, but there's some new people and then someone else, you know, goes off next time and does something else. And so there's almost like an exit route there as well. So they really advocate that as a, a model. I've not tried it myself. We looked at it when I did some work at a, at a church to to work on the small group structure and we decided not to use it. But I've always been intrigued by it and I've mm-hmm. wondered whether it it feels like a more radical, more bold... Option.
1: It does, and I like the idea of keeping it fresh, and keep revaluing what you're doing and who's in the group and how you can mix things up. I think I would wonder about people who were quite introverted, mm-hmm. and how they would find that. Maybe people with some additional needs, uh, neurodiversity. I wonder how that would fit with them. Interesting. Um, you know, keep it having a rolling group of people that they, you know, keeping getting used to and finding their place within that group Mm. um yeah I think you'd have to trial it and see wouldn't you but it's an interesting concept
0: yeah so some interesting things there hopefully for people if they're interested and so I suppose we're yeah coming to the end of our conversation today but let's perhaps look at some takeaways I mean people have their own takeaways hopefully but what's the first what's the first one for you the question for today
1: I think I would I would just challenge people to think if they're not in a in a house group, then could they be in one? And and I think particularly for those in leadership, I think um, you know leaders are very good at giving out, but where are you finding your refreshment? And mm. uh, particularly if you are leading quite regularly on a Sunday and you're not able to go to a, to a service, whether it be in person or online you know, this could be a great place for you to have some refreshments. And uh, I'm not talking of a cup of tea when I say that. Um, and also, you know, look beyond your circle. If you are a leader of a church and quite high profile, you might not want to go to one in your circuit or, you know, or even or your town. You might want to go to a different denomination. Um, you might want to look at an online group that you could perhaps lead. So I would just challenge that if you're not in a group, why not, and where could you go?
0: Mm, that's really, really helpful, really helpful because sometimes we end up in leadership, don't we, and we sort of we want everyone else to do the right thing and, and actually we need to challenge ourselves to you know it's like, well what are we doing in in this area if we're asking others to to do something? so yeah. that's that's really helpful, really challenging, and I like that. Um, i suppose it, and then you need to make sense of it for your situation don't you so mm-hmm. it might be appropriate for a, a leader to attend a group within the one of the churches or the church that they are in leadership um of or it might that might be a bit difficult and it better for them to go elsewhere and that's fine isn't it either of those yeah. are are absolutely fine and you need to find what works for you in that particular season whatever is is going on but thank you yeah that's a that is a really Um, really good challenge I suppose for all of us. Um, An action I was thinking um, maybe would be to prompt somebody else because we know that people join groups by invitation don't they? Yes. So um, maybe it's that offering that invitation to somebody else or maybe if someone new has come to church this week it's about saying oh well why don't you come along with me to this group or connect them with somebody who can take them along to to a group or whatever, because that it's they can start making those relationships, can't they, with people then?
1: Yeah, that's a really good one, Adam, because it's quite scary, isn't it? Turning up at somebody's house who you don't know or you've never been there before. Whereas if you meet somebody on the driveway and they physically walk in with you, that's so much better. So, yeah, invitation, that's a really good one.
0: And I suppose then if we've got one resource, I mean, we've talked about a few today is there any one particular one that you've been intrigued by in our conversation today Ooh, i mean i haven't looked at roger walton's uh one what was that called again adam disciples together
1: yeah i haven't looked at that so maybe i ought to
0: no it's good methodist kind of researched and uh yeah up to date as well for modern methodism so yeah
1: yeah i will check that out thank you
0: great well thanks joe it's been a really good conversation today and yeah we hope to uh to connect with you again soon. It's been good. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Do subscribe to the feed to get the latest episodes.
1: And please get in touch if you have a question, topic or suggestion. We would love to hear from you.